0: Hello, you are listening to the OmniTalk Fast Five, brought to you in partnership with Microsoft, the AM Consumer and Retail Group, Takeoff, and Sezzle. The OmniTalk Fast Five podcast is the podcast that we hope make you feel a little smarter, but most importantly, a little happier each week too. Today is February 17th. I am your host, Ann Mazinga. And I am Chris Walton. And we are here once again to discuss all the top headlines in the world of retail with our good friends from the a and Consumer and Retail Group, David Brown and Chad Luss. Welcome to the show, you guys. How's it going today? Going great. Glad, yeah? to,
1: be, uh, glad to be back glad to be back
0: chad and david you are here joining us today this is david this is your second time right this
1: is is my second time looking forward to it had so much fun the first time and yeah second time he's got a nice flow
2: we were talking about his nice flow to his hair before the show started since the last time he was on chad how many
3: times has this been for you this is uh this is the third time. So third
2: time.
0: They know what they say. That's a charm.
2: That they do say that, and some people do say that. They do say Maybe that. Maybe that means I'll get it right this time. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Well, let's we'll not see. get too cocky. Let's not get ahead
2: of ourselves <laughs> here, Chad. Let's not, you know, there's a lot of pressure on you, especially given all the questions you've thrown my way of, of late. So right. I'm always excited when you're on the show because I try to up my game, you know, as much as I can for you.
0: Um, well, David and Chad, uh, for those people who may not have met you before, um, let's just give you a quick introduction. Chad, let's start with you first.
3: Sure. So, um, so I'm a, a senior director with the Consumer and Retail Group. Uh, been been with the group here for about a year and a half or so. Uh, but I, I spent time in in industry beforehand. Multi-time chief strategy officer, chief marketing officer in CPG and retail prior to joining AM here. And, and I do a lot of broad scale commercial transformation. So my focus is on consumer-led growth strategy, marketing, new product development, business model, innovation, and c- customer experience redesign.
0: Excellent. Nice. David, tell Thank us about you. yourself.
1: Uh, I'm a managing director with the group. Been here uh, two and a half years now. Came over to uh Kind of help lead and, and start our industry practice. Um, do most of my work with uh, retailers. A little bit on the CPG side. Really, companies looking for multi-year partnerships to transform their business, either bending the cost curve, bending the revenue curve, usually some combination of both, <laughs> uh, driven by industry inflection, management change, or you know sometimes external pressure. So.
2: Right,
0: right. Well, you guys are extra special. Chris is headed uh, on vacation with Mrs. Omnitok today, but he wanted to stay. He he I moved damn. his flight back I did. just so that he could be I on did. this podcast with you guys. This so. is my
2: favorite show of the month. We do this every month. We sit yeah. down with you know people from the AM Consumer and Retail Group. And I love it because I just get to sit back and yeah, take in all their expertise from yes. the consulting that they're doing each and every week. And, you know, just chime in with thoughts where, where necessary. And it's great. I It's my favorite thing that we do every every single month.
0: For sure. Well, I are you excited? You're going to Santa Fe tomorrow. I'm do super excited. you know ex- the way to Santa Fe? You know that song?
2: Uh, no, I don't. Because that's absolutely <sighs> wrong. It's San Jose, not Santa Fe. That's a big it difference. Is? It is. Yeah. And it it's quite, those are quite far apart from each other. Oh, you know what
0: I'm thinking about? I think it was that movie, you know, the movie with Dermot Marooney and where he marries, um, the blonde woman. what oh my movie, god. What movie I think does Dominic
2: Maroney not marry someone? That's, yeah, that's another true. question. That's
0: true. Yeah, with Julia Roberts. Julia, where he's oh, my best friend's My best wedding? friend's wedding. Yeah. Yeah. I think the the aunts in that sing Santa Fe. So they I, might. They I might. I think that's where I've, I could see how one would confuse oh that if I
2: was to give you the benefit of the doubt. But all right, we if, digress if we and we're gonna keep yes, moving on.
0: Yes. If we haven't lost the list <laughs> after my singing, let's hey, go into about. yes,
2: you sang this week. I sang last week. Maybe I'll sing again. Maybe Chad and David will sing too. Who knows? All right. <laughs>
3: I, I, I have done it once before.
1: With that, that's guys. right. Chad that's has right. sung with that's us.
2: Right. Chad has sung with us, and my this ears would, this are would still ringing. An,
1: an evening, co- you know, podcast with some cocktails. <laughs> yes, so right. right. Yes. Cocktails.
2: Co- <laughs> cocktails required. All right. Well, let's get to it. In today's fast five, we've got news on WH Smith licensing Amazon's Just Walk Out technology at the LaGuardia Airport. Wetzel's Pretzels. Say <laughs> that sorry. ten times fast. <laughs> it
0: makes me laugh every time. <laughs> I know I
2: Wetzel's it. Pretzels in Macy's. DoorDash, and McDonald's, Grubhub, and 7-Eleven. But first, we take off with Amazon's newly reported ad revenue figures. And you have the honors today.
0: Yes. All right. Headline number one. So according to Marketing Dive, Amazon has reported its ad revenue for the first time ever last week. And the results are staggering. They are staggering, actually. Yes. Quite
2: staggering. Course, I was staggered.
0: <laughs> of course you were. According to Amazon's earning release, advertising services generated $9.7 billion in revenue in the fourth quarter, which is a 32% year-on-year gain. For the full 2021 year, ad revenue reached a whopping $31.1 Um, Chad, let's go to you first with this. These are huge numbers. Chris was staggered. What? Are your thoughts
3: staggered? Yeah. So uh, many will very reasonably and rightfully so focus on this top line number in the headline. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, first we get to salivate at getting to hear Amazon actually disaggregate financials overall in their business. And it's the first time we've heard this number. So nearly 10 billion for the quarter. Like, does that seem big? Just to put that in perspective. Facebook did 36, Google did 61 billion in the quarter. So Mm -hmm. so it is a distant third, but for now, right? So to me, the most important number in the story is the plus 32% uh, year over year. And and just because Amazon does everything for a reason, right, and the timing of this, like, I think they reveal this number because they have line of sight to this increasing by even higher rates going forward, right? Is part of the growth, like it must be a return that advertising spend from late 2020 COVID reduced numbers to brands having more confidence spending again in 21. Like, sure, that, you know, Google was up 32% as well. Like, got it. But Facebook was only up 20. And Mm -hmm. the most interesting part here is that they're calling down 22 pretty significantly.
0: Right. Hmm. Quarter
3: one, they're only saying is going to be up about 3 to 11%. CFO provided guidance that they're gonna take a $10 billion hit in 2022, mm. right? So why does Amazon win and Facebook lose, right? I actually, we talked about this a little bit the last time I was on with respect to, to retail media networks. right? So right. a couple things going on, right? So yeah. social advertising continues to get more expensive. Mm-hmm. The Apple iOS changes that allow users to opt out of the in-app data collection, it makes it harder to retarget uh, measure ads, get attribution. Whereas Amazon is giving you first party shopper data. Mm -hmm. So you think about it, right? You can't get much closer to the consumer point of purchase in a brand's quest to get further down the marketing funnel. Like as a former CMO myself, that's what you're trying to do, right? And where does a typical paid sponsored Facebook ad go as a call to action anyway? If you're not D 2 C, it goes to Amazon. Exactly. Right? So so I think there's a major tide turning that CPG brands need to be paying attention to if they haven't already started distorting their marketing media channel mix
2: toward this. Wow. Yeah. That. I, I want to go to you, David, but I just want to, before we do, I want to say that was the single best answer, I think, in the history of this show, in my opinion. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I I love that. I thought was, you yeah. hit all job. the angles there. It was great. a few things I want to add, too, and I'm sure Ann does, too. but but I just wanted to say that because that was incredible. But David, what do you think? You got, can you top that?
1: I don't know if I can top it, but you know, I, I think the more interesting question is how big does Amazon want this to be?
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, know, from
1: a perspective of sure, they got the eyeballs, they got the traffic. You know, it, as everything Chet said, it's you know, it's close to the, the point of sale. But at some point, does it start to impact their user experience? And you know, ultimately, start upsetting marketplace partners or their own category managers because it takes away from the simplicity of shopping on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think that'll be some interesting you know uh, conversations up in the halls of uh, of Seattle. Is this uh, you know an AWS where it becomes their profit generator and and selling stuff is just a you know a method to you know have more infrastructure and more ad sales. Or, you know, does the, the shopping experience still the matter? Like, so I think we'll see.
0: Yeah, David, that's what I was looking at too. I mean, I, you know, what they've generated in ad revenue is already half of the revenue that they're generating for AWS in, in the last quarter. I mean, they, they hit almost $18 billion in revenue in Q4 last year. And that's just going to continue to climb. I think like Chad said, you know, the 32% number is the key statistic here. When we're looking at this article. Um, Chris, what the, do you, the,
2: the point I would add, which I think is interesting in what you and David were just saying particularly is like, you know, how big does this get? Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's still going to get a lot bigger because yeah. the other factor that's not at play here that we haven't brought up yet is they've got the NFL streaming coming where that's a whole nother platform for advertising beyond like the type of user experience, David, you were, you know, alluding to there right. as well. Absolutely. And you think about how the substrates and the platforms can, Continue to evolve in terms of how that experience is consumed and then tied into retail consumption as well. I mean, God, that's that's incredible when you start thinking about where this could go, and the size of the number is incredible too. Like even alone, you look at the annual volume. Mm -hmm. That's more than the the that places them number seventeen in the top U.S. retailers just for advertising. So it shows you how strong they are against their retail competition because they have this in play as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. bigger,
3: Bigger than YouTube too. Right. Uh, the number
2: is bigger than YouTube. So I, I talked about
3: where they are in the standing versus Google and, and Facebook, but uh, Amazon's bigger than YouTube is an ad platform. It's crazy.
2: Yeah. Wow. That was awesome. That was really great discussion. You guys. I love that guy. Can you tell I'm geeked up? I'm ready for vacation too. Can you tell? <laughs> All right. Headline number two, travel retailer WH Smith is making its U S store debut. They're the British retailer for those that uh, may not know. And they're doing so atop Amazon's Just Walkout tech platform. Yes, according to Chain Store Age, the British-based retailer has opened a new store in Terminal B of LaGuardia Airport, Anne's favorite airport. Oh, yay. <laughs> the news comes after similar announcements from SIBO Express Gourmet Markets and Hudson, which have also licensed Amazon's tech for similar purposes over the last few years. Chad, back to you on this one again. You set the table so well with question number one, no pressure. What do you think of this move from WH Smith as well as from those of its convenience airport brethren?
3: Yeah. First of all, I feel like I should retire based on the superlative. You, get you should just go, yeah. I, 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 yeah. you just go out on top. John Elway, totally, man. You the George Costanza, I'm out. <laughs> so I'm out, baby. Um. I mean, listen, you you said it, Chris. Like, this is not the first time that you guys have covered this story, right? So, this is now kind of third in line from an airport convenience delivery standpoint. Um, Now, you have WH Smith, which is new to North America, right? But is it really now? Because, you know, the banner name is new, but you know, when was the last time we really found airport convenience store options differentiated? And now with Mm -hmm. all these players doing it and most notably doing it with the same provider, you know, says a couple of things to me, right? So number one is that contactless checkout free shopping is going to start to become synonymous with convenience. Um, It's going to be hard to disaggregate the two and Mm -hmm. at some point could actually become table stakes with those that play the convenience game, at least in this form. Right. right, which seem to be players who are willing to invest the capital, which then leads me to point number two. So, you know, this this likely or has the ability to extend and expand. Can we st- start to actually see this in more roadside convenience, meaning gas mm. stations and C-stores, right? right? In a 150,000 C-store US market where most are single site operators, could it actually be more of a differentiator for those that choose to go there, maybe then this kind of airport scene. You know, initially you think 7-Eleven Circle K, though that's a franchise model. Is that a hindrance or does it emerge with strong regional players like Wawa and Sheets out east, right. cases right. in the Midwest, like those that are company operated? Like I could t- totally see that. Um, I think we've all had the experience where convenience is defined by store location, what corner it's on but not by the quick in and out experience. So that could change that. Yeah. And then, you know, it's it's
2: oh, I was going to say too, Chad, that's an interesting point given the announcement with Grabango and Mapco this mm-hmm. week too, This, you know, in the convenience chain down South. So yeah, sorry, keep going.
3: Yeah, no, what I was just going to say is then bringing this back to Amazon, right? Like uh, let's assume a portion of this continues to happen and expands. Like it's interesting, you know, having giving Amazon just walk out all of this access, like, I don't think Amazon creates technology to license. Like they create technology to drive new business models. And mm-hmm. boy, we're giving Amazon a lot of data here. So it's just a matter of like, man, what what comes next as a result
0: of this? Well, yeah, that's, that's my question yeah. here is like, I think you have to differentiate airport retailers from convenience store retailers. I mean, as an airport retailer, you may be willing to give up the customer, the direct connection with that customer data and information. So is there a le- higher likelihood that, you know, we'll see the rest of them kind of take this approach where they're licensing Amazon's technology, but what about the, the cease? like, will we see this in other retail categories? Will we see them, you know, I think Chad, you're right. Pushing the checkout free point where they're going to try to figure out how to do checkout free and have that convenience for customer. I don't know that I think that we'll see that any other ones licensing the Amazon technology to do it like the airport retailers, but David, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah. Yeah. To me, it's a, it was a, almost a, a requirement in, in the airport and I, I right. came at it from the more the labor point, right? Yeah. Okay. You know, whether it's the you know, the resignation culture that exists today, or just the fact of, you know, trying to get uh, deal with wage inflation, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, real for, for checkout people in, uh in, in airports that uh, this solves it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've either stood it in at LaGuardia or JFK. And, you know, I check out myself because they have the self-checkouts but yet there's a person standing there watching right, me do it, right. which makes no sense to me, right? So, um, yeah. So
2: that's interesting. So you're saying there's some endemic issues with the airport operations themselves that are pushing them to go in this direction, say relative to how quickly we've seen the sea stores ad- try to adopt these models, with or without Amazon. That's that's the that's what you're saying, David.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Okay. Yeah, I mean, the other interesting point for me, too, in this, and we've talked about this before, but, you know, it seems eerily similar to Amazon licensing its e-commerce platform, right? You right. know, back in the 2000, early part of 2000s. And, the, Chad, the point that I would never thought about, too, is you said, like, airport convenience is very non-differentiated. Mm-hmm. Well, if Amazon learns that this game can work, like, they're branded, they're pretty differentiated, that suddenly gives them a foothold into this space in theory, in concept, which mm-hmm. is an angle I hadn't thought about before in terms of that you know, kind of e-commerce analogy that we saw in the past. Um, but I don't know, you know, the, the, the point David's bringing up too, maybe they just continue to play that way or they franchise out their operations and their brand to do it as well. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how Amazon plays this, but it doesn't make sense to me that all <laughs> these guys are jumping into the pool with Amazon on this.
0: Oh, I think it's easy. I mean, it makes sense. It The airport angle makes sense to so me. So
2: you're saying they just got this hard situation they got to figure out. And so yes. they're going to go with Amazon because it's proven. That's right. what you're saying, right. David, essentially. Simple, plug yeah. and play.
1: I, I, you can argue it's the, the lazy answer, but it is, yeah. Yeah, you got to right. go, well, you got to go, right? <laughs>
2: well, laziness sometimes drives a lot of decision-making <laughs> in life, you know, probably yeah, more absolutely. so than we actually ever admit, especially in business too.
0: Um, okay, well, we're going to head on to headline number three. That everybody's been waiting for and i just can't stop help but smile when i say (laughs) wetzel's pretzels you guys they're coming to macy's according to restaurant news wetzel's pretzels the 350 unit pretzel chain with locations mostly in california and arizona has opened a kiosk inside the macy's located at the south coast plaza mall in costa mesa california with the intent of expanding its retail footprint soon to other shopping experiences like Lowe's and Home Depot. Uh, Shout out to listener Michael Abada for requesting that we talk about this on today's show. Thank you, Michael. Um, David, we're going to go to you first. What are your thoughts on Wetzel's? Will we see more or less of this in the future? And should we
1: (laughs) Uh, more of it? And absolutely we should. You know, really? Yeah. Wow. it's it's the evolution of shopping, right? And the sense that I think it has less to do with with Macy's and more to do with uh, kind of how shopping is changing. Yeah. I, mean, I think the days are are gone when you'd go spend three, four or uh, five hours at a mall and you required a meal. So there was a food court that was built around that. right? You know this is all now about you know convenience. And, and we'll talk about this a little bit more later, but like, you know, the customer expectation of quick and convenient is changing. Mm-hmm. So like if I can go in department stores have evolved some of the slowest in that, right. In the yes. sense that oh, they yeah. don't do a lot of, uh, you know, buy online, pick up in store, they're, they're finally getting there uh, and that type of thing. So the food options along with that has to change, right. It's, it's not quite as, um, interesting is you know some of kind of the ghost kitchens and things like that where they you know deliver right to the store but at least it's a step in the right direction i can go in to macy's or wherever be purposeful you know pick up my pretzel or at least something that enables me to keep going yeah and, All right. uh, and i think it's a way for the future or at least it should be
0: Okay, David, are you wow, a pretzel okay. guy though? Like, is that a destination for you when you go to the mall? Like, what are your thoughts on the pretzels? Just so I like- am
1: I am generally not a pretzel guy. I'd rather Even see something maybe pretzel- a little bit healthier, but uh, but I will say this, that, you know, every once in a while, um, you know, it's hard to beat a good pretzel. It is. <laughs> Salted
2: with cheese every time. Totally yeah. gets me every time. But,
1: but you, you have to wait for the ones that come just out of the oven. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the key.
2: For sure. Less little butter on them, too. But OK, so hold on. So I want to piece apart what you said. So you're saying we're going to see more of it, which that I can get behind. And then you think it's a good idea, too. Right. Like you think that's it's a good idea for Macy's to be doing this type of thing. Right. Am I hearing you right, David?
1: Yeah. You know, the, the Macy's thing to me is 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 almost irrelevant. I, I do think that okay. department stores in general are yeah, doing anything categorically. Again- to drive foot traffic, right? Because it's like, you know, there's some systemic structural challenges uh, for them. And, um, you know, this is one way to, to make it a little bit more convenient. Yeah, um, I think we all get wrapped around the axle of, of what Mises is doing sometimes. And I think this is yeah, yeah this is more of a, a category issue.
2: Yeah, this is, okay, this is fascinating to me because I feel like there's a lot of dynamics at play here. And And number one, I just want to single out that I think this, this story particularly is the perfect like symbol for where Macy's find itself because strategically it's definitely in a twist. See what I did there? Ann? <laughs> but, but the thing about it for me is like, in essence, what we were essentially saying, if I think, if I kind of play back what you said, David, like we are essentially going to see department stores become more like Target and Walmart, like at the end of the day, like one-stop shops. And my thing is, like while that all makes sense in principle, like the, the department store by putting in pretzel stands or whatever the hell else you want to put in there can offer that convenience to the customer. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think we have to remember too, and this may be different when you start talking department stores, Macy's versus Kohl's, but let's just take like the standard department store answer uh, category and where they are. You know, they're alongside a mall, Yeah. you know? And so like, is that convenience element of having a Wetzel's pretzels in a Macy's Really, that convenient and that big of a draw to get you into Macy's when you have the food court and all the evolutions of ghost kitchens happening alongside that, and you can have those things delivered anywhere you want while yes. you shop. Yeah, like this does. It seems like it's actually to me like a very counterproductive way to go about trying to create more convenience in the department stores. But and Anne, what and think?
0: not being prepared next to you, like that's the thing that nobody's talking about right. here. If you look at the kiosk, it's right next to like. Coats and shoes and all the stuff who wants to buy a winter jacket that smells like pretzels that have been cooking for four (laughs) hours? Not me. That's a good point. So I think that this is a great, I agree with David. This is a great move for Wetzel's they're getting to test on like smaller formats in unexpected places. Yes. They're likely getting a better deal on rent inside Macy's than they are in the malls, Yeah. but they are not a trip driver to Macy's. I do not agree with that. I think it cheapens the Macy's brand. I don't think that having that in that, that I think the, department stores are still a higher end of like you expect this higher end kind of experience inside those places and to have this inside there just feels bad in my opinion that is not the case for Lowe's and Home Depot's I think that makes sense to be in a a Lowe's and Home Depot's where the products around you I mean they already have hot dog carts for god's sakes like it doesn't and they're
2: locationally destinations on their own right there's nothing else in
0: the Lowe's and Home Depot that you can do
2: for this but Chad, Chad what do you think and then we'll go back to David for final word yeah, um, and, and
3: we're kind of having two different conversations here, right? What is one yeah. is like what is required to save the department store, right? Right, <clears throat> which is where you guys are. Are uh, and I can tell when you even started this that that that's where you're gonna go, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know our but, show so well. Macy's is your favorite punching bag, right? <laughs> um, right? But then there's the other side, which I completely agree with David in terms of the evolution of how shopping and eating or working together right Mm -hmm. where you know uh, more more recent concepts are born out of the insight that shopping is a now faster on the go you know type experience and the food occasion needs to go along with it so so take that as a definitive yes and whether it's wetzel's pretzels whether it's macy's the shopping experience needs to tie to the eating experience right and and where that's happening those kitchens and otherwise makes all the sense in the world, right? I, and, and I will say like the story lost me a little bit in the end where the company starts talking about Wetzel's, that is, yeah. being more of a destination mm-hmm. instead of a grab and go, because that disrupts the whole mental model that I just described and David talked about, right? Where like, okay, so so the, the, the benefit is the pop up quick on the stream, you know, like as people are shopping, you know, quick refuel your body in the way that you're fueling from a good standpoint. But now when you're trying to couple destination into that and doing it in a department store that hasn't evolved to that more on the go, that, that's where you get the mismatch. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where where the idea that, that 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 David and I are supporting with the dissonance in your head in terms of what that means for Wendy's and pretzels, that's where it comes to it, comes to a head.
1: Yeah. And yeah. I think, I think just to add to that, the Yeah, this is great. The, the point I, where I was going with is you think about like malls in a sense where like a Macy's or any of the others, JCPenney's, is is attached to right. a larger building. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think they have to become more like a Lowe's or a Home Depot where you walk in the Macy's door. You actually never walk in the rest of the mall mm-hmm. and, and, and then you walk out. And so it is that you know, one-stop shop and that's part of their survival plan.
2: Yeah. Which is why they've been going after toys too. Right. Like they've, you know, same kind Mm -hmm. of idea. I think the question I would have is as the consumer, is that what we ultimately, that's the last question we'll move on. But like, is that what we actually want? Do I just, if I'm going to the mall where the Macy's is located, do I just want to go to the Macy's and am I okay with that? I don't know the answer to that, but I think it's fun to think about. So,
1: all right, I'm sure we'll cover it again on future shows. Traffic tells you the answer to that, but
2: (laughs) (laughs) nobody wants to go to the mall in general, right? (laughs) But all right, Uh,
3: credit to Michael for bringing up that question. Uh, That's a good one. I didn't expect as much debate there.
2: Yeah, no, me either. I thought that was kind of like a throwaway kind of story here, kind of a fun one, but actually, it it gets at a lot of stuff, which is why we put it in. All right, headline number four: DoorDash is planning to bump up the fees it charges charging to McDonald's if McDonald's keeps its drivers waiting too long. According to the Wall Street Journal this week, DoorDash agreed to lower its base commission rates for McDonald's U.S. restaurants in exchange for the ability to charge higher commissions to McDonald's restaurants for orders that keep delivery drivers waiting and for each McDonald's store to cover the cost of refunds caused by a restaurant's mistakes, like, say, putting a Big Mac in a bag when it should have been a quarter pounder, which coincidentally is a mistake that should never be made because the Big Mac (laughs) is a far superior sandwich to the quarter pounder every day of the week and twice on Sundays, except during Lent, And then the award goes to the Flay of Fish. But Chad, I digress. Was that
0: a quote from I just want to clarify Mm -hmm. here. Was that a quote from the Wall Street Journal or is that a Chris Walton special that you threw in there?
2: No, that's actually a Walton family axiom. Oh, oh, it's on the the crest. Those are words to live by. (laughs) Yes. Flay of Fish during Lent. Big Macs over quarter pounders every day. All right. But Chad, seriously, now. What do you make of this announcement? It appears DoorDash, at least the way the Wall Street Journal was positioning this piece, DoorDash was appearing to flex some of its muscle here in these negotiations with what is quite honestly one of the bigger retailers around.
3: Yeah, uh, I love that you phrase it that way, because um, if Wetzel's Pretzels got some debate, like I I want some good one here. Like this is such a good headline, guys. Like this Mm -hmm. is a sweet. Feels like a great example of why you do what you do. The decisions we help clients make. Like it's it's great to talk about this one. So, um, so so I agree. Like when I first read this, in terms of how it's positioning, I, I wanted to criticize Doordash out of the hmm. gates. Right, hmm. um, instituting service delay penalties on its partners at a time of intense labor shortages just seemed. Punitive, petty, and too opportunistic, right? Mm, okay. Uh, but as I as I read it, I saw a couple things. So first, base commission rates. So so what McDonald's is paying to DoorDash on on orders comes down in the base case as yes. much as like 390 basis points, based based on the article. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I say came, I said come down, but I think the article actually uses past tense, so I don't know if that's been implemented already that mm-hmm. they've lowered up. Um, maybe I'm reading too much into that, but it's important because the other point is that this wait time commission penalty doesn't start until 2023. So there's a pretty decent lead time for labor shortages to settle in a lot of cases in which many of our clients uh, who are are dealing with are are confident and predicting to us that they'll have more stability by then. So, So with that in mind, I say, go for it, DoorDash. I mean, what you're Fundamentally, doing here is saying it's a kind of pay-for-performance model. Like, right. I don't know who wins and loses economically in the short term based on service levels today, but longer term, like I like this because incentives become very much aligned between McDonald's and DoorDash, where yes. poor service equals higher costs, better service equals lower costs, better satisfaction, and, and repeat use. So when you put all that together, yeah, I'm 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 on on board but i'm, I'm interested to hear what, what you guys think
2: wow interesting yeah i mean i think my take is the same i mean i think when you look at uh, you know when you just look at basically the levers that these companies have to pull in order to make this delivery service profitable right you've got the moderate m- the margins on the products which mm-hmm. in this case is you know a proxy for the commission rates you've got the advertising revenue that they're collecting which is happening exogenous or outside of this story and then you've got the cost of actually doing the deliveries, you know, servicing the customer, which is a function of the charges that they're they're asking McDonald's to pay. And I think you, so like at the end of the day, those are the levers we're talking about mm-hmm. for these things to work. And this shows you that, you know, DoorDash is saying, you know what, we've got to get some help on this, this, this side of things to continue to make this work. And they're pushing McDonald's to make that happen. Granted, with probably some big concessions too. That's why for me, I was like, who's really got the leverage here or not, because it's hard to know that without getting into the deep details of the contracts. But, you know, it's showing you that the conversations are happening. And I like how you frame that too, Chad. Like, it seems aligned from an incentive perspective. You operate well, you're gonna get the benefits. You Mm -hmm. don't, the benefits go, you know, more so to DoorDash in that situation. But I don't know, Ann, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I, I agree with what Chad's saying, but there's also a labor shortage issue on the side of DoorDash too. I mean, it's not just McDonald's who's facing these and time is money. So there's got to be some way to compensate the DoorDash drivers as well um, for, for, you know, inefficiencies and McDonald's I think is certainly but much better positioned to look into things like automation and and things, especially with your what you're saying, Chad. If they have a year runway to kind of get that in place to ensure more consistency and accuracy, because this is not go- this delivery option is not going away. They are going to have to invest there. So I think it makes sense. I actually would love to see the McDonald's brothers come back. Remember in the movie that they were like role playing how to automate the fast food stores in general, where they're like, just this is how you oh, like right. automate exactly. Exactly how much ketchup you put on exactly the like Ray it. Kroc by yes. with
2: Michael Keaton. Yeah, that's a great movie. By yeah, it yeah. is. What the hell is that movie called? I can't remember. Founder. Founder. Think. Yeah. Right.
0: But just seeing them be like, all right, we're back from the dead. Yeah, we're yeah. going to figure out how to do automation here. Yeah. What's how are we going to make these? Orders well, just today, White Castle
2: announcer using Flippy, exactly. Flippy the robot in Chad's neck of the woods, Chicago. So, yeah. yeah, it's it's it could be coming. All right, David, what do you think? Final word on this one.
1: Yeah. I mean, to me, I, you know, you talked about leverage. I think what's clear is that the customer has the leverage, right? You know, when you, you end up waiting 15, 20 extra minutes for, you know, a cold hamburger or cold yeah. French fries, well, it's like, you're not going to eat them. Like who cares Like yeah, at, at that point in time. So ultimately then, you know, it's a refund. It's a pain in the neck for DoorDash. It's, you know, pain in the neck for McDonald's. So this was DoorDash's lever to, you know, keep the customer promptness up. So
2: and you're right. They're probably blaming DoorDash in that right. situation too. Oh, right, absolutely, McDonald's. yeah.
1: They're tips are McDonald's impacted. Or, you know, they don't. Nobody thinks that, like, okay, it was late. That I'll tie it back to you know the person right. making the burger. Right. Yes. a giant QSR
0: chain. Yeah, exactly. Right. All right. Let's go to headline number five. We're going to talk about another instant delivery provider here. Grubhub is partnering with 7-Eleven for a new convenience item delivery service dubbed Grubhub Goods. According to Yahoo Finance, Grubhub is teaming up with 7-Eleven to offer on-demand convenience delivery through the Grubhub app. They did a successful pilot in Manhattan, um, and Grubhub Goods will launch nationwide on February. February 15th, just launched, uh, offering delivery to more than 3,000 locations in the US uh, to celebrate the launch. Yeah, this is crazy. Uh, like many other instant delivery providers <laughs> we've seen, give some pretty impressive discounts. Grubhub is offering customers 50% off of orders, $15 or more. David, why is 7-Eleven going at it this way?
1: Yeah, so I think there's two things here, right? Yeah, I think from the Grubhub angle, like, could you be later to the party, right? You know, 7-Eleven like, <laughs> party, party right. partners with Postmates, Instacart, DoorDash, uh, et cetera. So, you know, uh, 7-Eleven's got more doors than anybody. So they they kind of had to do it, but they feels just very late and, and and a little bit desperate from uh, the Grubhub side. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think for 7-Eleven, it's, it's much more interesting, right? Yeah. yeah, they have their their own delivery service, 7-Eleven now, which they, they have to partner with people as you get it up and running. But I think that what they're facing is if you look at some of the, the startups, particularly on college campuses, like, you know, like a GoPuff Ooh. or a Snagit or something like that, that are, you know, Snagit in particular is kind of impressive because they're doing 10 minute deliveries mm-hmm. uh, guaranteed. Um, you know, whereas some of the others are, 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 30 minutes. And, you know, when you want like, okay, that bottle of water, you know, or I got a hangover and I need aspirin or, you know, whatever. And you can take that in a lot of different, uh, right. uh, requirements in terms of what you might need in, in 10 minutes. It's to me, it's seven 11 trying to figure out how I get that customer promise down to, you know, its lowest common number. Uh, that, that's going to make sense. And it feels a little bit like a bridge solution to me um, until they, you know, kind of buy one of these startups and 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 just implement it that way. You know, they're going with the big players until they can figure out their long-term solution.
2: So do you think that's interesting? So do you think this is like kind of like a, a little bit of an experiment, wait and see approach to see how much demand's even really out there for this quick delivery thing too? Because you're right, it is in stark contrast to, the Seven Eleven Seven now gold pass that they announced like was like three weeks ago. Right. Mm-hmm. Which was 30 yeah, exactly. minute delivery. Like you're doing that. And then you're doing this as well. It, it seems weird. Like, I just, I don't understand why you would do that. So your, so your point is that your point is that they're kind of just surveying the landscape here to see what this is all about.
1: I, I think so. I mean, like, you know, why not sign, you're already on the platform with everybody else. Right. So adding grub to it is it, you have to, right? It's right. like it's, it's just a it's just another right. it's another door for them. Uh, and we don't
2: know Grubhub could be servicing 7 now too, like quite possibly, right? right? Like this is just something yeah, exactly. that they're just doing together anyway, right? Yeah. Okay.
0: Chad, what do you think? Way in here.
2: Yeah, so
3: um as a former C-store uh operator, in one yeah. of those businesses like it's first of all it's great to see two convenience oriented headlines in the in the stories this week. <laughs> um But, you know, I I mean, I agree with you guys, like, this one left me flat, like, I expected to see something within the story that was new and appealing, I mean, it just seems like every week, there's some sort of one-upsmanship in the world Mm -hmm. of ultra-fast delivery, these guys are 30, these guys are 15 minutes, these guys are 10, blink, and it's there, these guys are on bikes, these guys are on hoverboards, these guys (laughs) have fulfillment centers, these guys have kiosks, like, and it was just, right, okay. So I agree with 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 David around the the provocative thought then of like okay well, where is Seven Eleven going right mm-hmm. so and, and where should they go because where where we see a lot of activity happening within this is in densely populated urban areas. Yep. It seems like if Seven Eleven can figure out the suburban landscape, and mm-hmm. I, it's, I don't think it's through this; it's through a next move. Like that could be that could be some next level stuff, right? Yeah. And so uh, hopefully this is an appetizer into into something bigger you know kind of get the the lay of the land and then and then figure out the suburban play where others have not been able to do cuz that that seems like the biggest white space
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think this is, this is a great deal for Grubhub. If this works for them and for 7-Eleven, you know, Grubhub suddenly has 9,500 plus dark stores in the U S alone that they can be pulling from with 7-Eleven. You know, some of those may be closer to the suburbs, like you're saying, Chad, but it really does make them a stronger contender against like the Uber eats, the door dashes who are already running this model, which is great for customers because I get dinner and convenience items with one yeah. membership. So, I mean, that's where the customers are really winning here because they now have access to all of these items and more choice than, you know, just the few that are out there that are able to do ready to eat food and convenience items. And I think seven 11 gets to, to test this, you know, they get to see, like you were saying, David, they get to see, you know, whether or not this is the right model, um, or if they're losing too much of that one-to-one connection with the customer. But
2: that's a good, it's a good, that's a good point. And like, it's a defense move against DoorDash with Dash Mart and the Dash, what's the add-on Dash? What's that thing called where you can add on that you can add on the convenience items to your, to your, um, to your, uh, food your, order yep. as well. So yeah, that's a great point. I hadn't thought about that in, in terms of the connection with Grubhub. All right, and should we move on to the Let's lightning round? This is it. quite possibly going to be the most exciting lightning round of all time, not My to God. build it up, but I think you're going to agree when you listen to it.
0: All right. Well, speaking of building Chad, we're going to you first build a bear released their after dark teddy bears in time for Valentine's day last week, which of the after dark bear series, would you be more likely to give your significant other? cozy as fluff (laughs) bear or rosé over roses bear inquiring listeners want to know oh my god
3: oh god um i think and perhaps the great wow that is that is one of the (laughs) best brands names i've ever heard i have to go with, with cozy as fluff just <laughs> your brand marketing just curl up
0: thing. yes curl yes <laughs> curl up alongside a fire with cozy as fluff. you have to and that story cozy is up. real that's that a is thing. the thing
3: that is a real headline that's <laughs> something
2: build a bear really did they came out
3: there uh, you uh, got as 18, as
0: 18 as plus as to enter right the <laughs> site yes you do you I'm have not be 18
2: plus to enter that site yes all right david Ace Hardware introduced a new infrastructure platform to support its do it for me handyman services this week. What is one task around the home that you 100% would need to call in a handyman for help?
1: Cleaning up after my dog.
2: Oh, oh. good one. The pooper scooper. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yep.
0: I love that. I'm it's, right there. With I love you. that. It's called do it for me. I wonder <laughs> I know, if right? like, there was a lot of like <laughs> when it, when you looked at the headline, there was a lot of accidental uh-oh. changes to that. Do it for me. headline. <laughs> there, if you, yeah, if you was, look closely at the article, they still have not yet been fixed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are,
1: to the natural, the natural outcome.
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly. All right, Chad. Disney announced this week that they're opening Catino, a Disney branded residential community with access to curated experiences from wellness to cooking classes. Are you and the family ready to buy your Disney Catino home? And if not, is there a brand you might consider doing that with? Uh,
3: I, I think, I think my family would buy into it because I've I, I married into a somewhat uh, a crazy Disney family. Have you? Um, oh, And so I, let, let's say I, uh, they, they, they can buy and I'll visit.
0: Okay. okay. So this is like a second home situation. This is like the cabin at Disney uh, Disneyland. Yeah,
2: so are you 100%. like, I got to ask a follow-up question. Are you one of those families where like the annual pilgrimage to Disneyland is like a required thing? Like are you that's, doing it every year?
3: That's how my wife, that's how my wife grew up. And they, Assume they, would actually, vacation. they They would actually do it where they might go in like January and November, December to buy the annual pass and go twice in a year.
2: Oh, wow. Wow. That, that is a different, that is a different breed. I'm just going to put it there. There are a lot of people like that though. It's kind of crazy, but, but, but Chris, Disney is wrong. one of
0: the, the, the only wrong. brands yeah. that could do that. I think, I don't know that there are many other brands out there, which is why we asked the question.
2: Yeah. Right. We've talked about Lululemon before. It's like the
1: natural right? extension of cruise people. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right.
2: It yes. is. Yeah, it is. It's kind of like that. All right, David. Let's bring this home. In honor of WH Smith debuting its first U.S. store in LaGuardia this week. What is one item that you will be just walking out with the next time you have the horrendous misfortune of having to fly through the LaGuardia Airport?
1: Yeah, well, since I have to i not at LaGuardia today, but uh I, I do have to fly this afternoon. So I would probably pick up um Yeah, some kind of a cheap Valentine's gift since I wasn't home on Monday and complete my epic failure this week. Yeah, so maybe it's uh, A teddy bar for my wife. So. You can get David, cozy as
2: <laughs> fluff.
3: Cozy as fluff. exactly if they are had the teddy bear, 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 I right. could
1: save myself. But yeah. like, since they don't have the teddy bear, like I'm. Oh my God, David! Uh, I'm just gonna complete go go my failure.
2: Or they do it for me, handyman. All everything yeah. works this week. Do <laughs> it for me, <laughs> handyman. Cozy
0: <Posey> as <laughs> fluff. Rose over roses. All the stories it's, are tied together. I know it's uh, amazing.
2: Uh, all right. All right. That was a great show. Really great insight today. So good having you guys on. Happy birthday today to Denise Richards. Joseph with Gordon Levitt and the one actor I always remember from his My Secret mm-hmm. Identity days, Jerry O'Connell. Ooh, I used to have the biggest crush on Jerry. Did Jones. you really? Oh, I oh, can't stand yeah. Jerry O'Connell. Really? Oh, God. I'm, it kind of creeped me out just even bringing him up. Oh. All right. And remember, if you can only read or listen to one retail blog in the business, make it Obby Talk. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news. And our twice weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day. And also feature special content exclusive to us and just for you. And we try really, really hard to make it fit all within the preview pane of your inbox. You can sign up today at www.omnitalk.blog. Thanks, as always, for listening in. Please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on YouTube. David, Chad, thanks for being with us today. Hey, if people are listening, want to get in touch with you guys, learn more about what you guys do at the AM Consumer and Retail Group. What's the best way for them to do that?
3: Yeah, thanks guys, it was a blast today. So you can find out more about a at our website, uh, alvarezandmarsal-crg.com. And then find me uh, individually, Chad Lusk, L-U-S-K, on LinkedIn, uh, or can email directly at uh, clusk, so clusk, at alvarezandmarsal.com.
2: <laughs> a fitting guide to what was a great podcast. All right, awesome. Well, on behalf of Chad, David, Anne and myself, to all our loyal listeners out there, thanks for sticking with us today. And as always, be
0: careful out there. The OmniTalk Fast Five is a Microsoft-sponsored podcast. Microsoft Cloud for Retail connects your customers, your people, and your data across the shopper journey, delivering personalized experiences and operational excellence. And is also brought to you in association with the a and Consumer and Retail Group. The a and Consumer and Retail Group is a management consulting firm that tackles the most complex challenges and advances its clients, people, and communities towards their maximum potential. CRG brings the experience, tools, and operator-like pragmatism to help retailers and consumer products companies stay on the right side of disruption. And Takeoff. Takeoff is transforming grocery by empowering grocers to thrive online. The key is micro-fulfillment, small robotic fulfillment centers that can be leveraged at a hyper-local scale. Takeoff also offers a robust software suite so grocers can seamlessly integrate the robotic solution into their existing businesses. To learn more, visit Takeoff.com. And finally, Sezzle. Cezzle is an innovative buy-now-pay-later solution that allows shoppers to split purchases into four interest-free payments over six weeks. To learn more, visit Cecil.com.